0: Everybody and welcome to American Groove, a Lost in the Groove segment with me, Dave, your host, and our other host, Marissa. Yes. Um, and today, in tribute of an artist that we both love tremendously, I cannot say how much I love this band. I literally have every single one of their albums and I actually was in England, in Manchester. I bought albums there because I wanted first prints, okay? I paid way too much money, but I was proud to do this. Anyway, without further ado, this is our tribute to Freddie Mercury, who unfortunately, on November 24th, 1991, died. 1991. AIDS. Yeah. Which yeah. actually funny enough, uh, that's going to be Thursday, which is Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. What
1: year were you born, David? I was born 1999. 1999. Yeah. So I was alive when Freddie Mercury was still alive. So I remember him being alive. Um and then I I remember him having died. Um but no one talked to me about AIDS because I was like 4 years old.
0: Um, Weren't you born in
1: 89? 88. So I guess I was like, I was like two or three. I remember that he was alive. You know, like I remember that there was a time before he had passed away because like those songs were out and they would play, you know, like he, Queen had a lot of songs that were on like jock jams, like in a way, like they Mm -hmm. had these like sporty songs that they would play a lot like we will rock you and another one bites, another the, one dust. bites the dust yeah somebody the, to love we are the champions like they would play them at all of the sports events my dad was like a a baseball softball coach um so you know they would play those songs my dad loved queen yeah
0: <laughs> so i mean like being that this whole podcast like this whole this whole f- thing that um I've created and our hosts have created it is an environment of sharing creation and passion where we literally all of us I mean you uh me Eli and Henry we're all artists we're all creators and when you take a person like Freddie Mercury who unfortunately did not live a long life but he lived an incredible life And the only tripper that we can do is hear his story and tell you our perspective, how we hear it. Um, Because I didn't really have time to finish the book and I didn't have any time to read other material (laughs) uh, except of years. I mean, years just watching and reading content on queen it's not normal <laughs> it's not normal my obsessions you've always,
1: yeah you've always been obsessed with queen since i met you um oh. yeah i mean you just all the time would go in i know i pre-rolled my joints too mm-hmm. all the time i would go into uh I would talk about something and and you would bring the conversation back to freddie mercury and <laughs> be like what does freddie mercury have to do with what happened to me he today? has a lot
0: to <laughs> he has a lot to do with things Let, let's just start off with saying that um freddie mercury hold on one second um holding a joint and trying to... I
1: know. Both of my joints have lipstick on them, which I think is kind of cute. It's... Can you, can you yeah. see the lipstick? That's where I
0: rolled it and licked oh it. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it's one thing
1: for the lipstick to get down here, but I thought it was kind of cute that it got rolled up into the joint. I don't know. <laughs> it's just me.
0: So, um, <laughs> Freddie Mercury's uh, actual like birth name was Farouk Balsara. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, which I believe, and again, I I did not go into much of history. I believe his name came from his father's side. Uh, he was born in Stone Stone Town, Zanzibar, which is um yeah. modern day Tanzania.
1: I read about that. The um, you know, that it it's changed so much, and that it was like um a, a, a navy military outpost. Um, you know, and his parents they, they left. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, what happened was uh, when he was when he was a kid. Today's podcast is sponsored by Authority Car Mods, a mod shop which I personally use for all my car needs, from my custom modifications to my vehicle general maintenance, tire repair and discount pricing. These guys do great work and their prices are literally killing the competition. Located here in South Florida in West Coral Springs, right off the Sample Road exit, not only are they super accessible, but open late nights with appointments. So don't wait. Follow them on Instagram at authority underscore car underscore mods or call their office line, which is 954-798-1602. And book your spot now. Uh, you know, his parents, they worked in government. They were... Um, they were really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So his... Um, <clears throat> I think his father's name was Bami and his mother's name was Jur. And they were part of India. And they were one of many of people that were Parsi, uh, which is... Um, part uh was a group of people i think it's it's zarastafarian uh that came from from iran and if i'm not mistaken there was a a breakout or something where they left and being where his parents were and they were also english citizens at the time his parents had a, a pretty decent life you know like he grew up where he had nannies taking care of him
1: yeah, he had a decent education. That's what I read. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he had a good education. And, you know, I mean, like, somebody who appreciated the arts, they let him go to art school. You know, I think that's really incredible.
0: Well, that's so the thing. Is, so art school was later on, he, um he went to this very prestigious Indian school outside of Bombay. And one thing I was reading, which was very interesting is, he would have to go on an immense journey to go to this school okay you know you have to take a train and you would have to go in car and drive for many 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 hours
1: these like these like carts that Mm -hmm. uh what is it like a rickshaw Mm -hmm. it's like somebody picks it up and i knew another girl that went to school out in india um and she told me that the trip there was insane and like you know just to the actual school in the morning they didn't have, you know, washer dryers. They had to wash their own socks and underwear and uniforms and stuff by hand.
0: But think about I it know. like this. He probably
1: had it better. But. but think
0: but think about it like this. He was I believe he was 8 and he was there for about I think about 10 years. Um when he went <coughs> I take a puff. Um when he when when he went to
1: Yeah, you got to smoke. You can't talk the whole time, you know. Mm it's like when you go out to eat and you just chitter-chatter it's like eat your food <laughs> sorry you no, gotta no, no, keep no. it we're, we're smokers yeah no you gotta keep
0: you gotta keep it going um <laughs> so i can understand this Where as a kid you're put into this predicament where you don't have your parents Okay, one thing about Freddie Mercury is he never really had parents. His parents never really took care of him, uh, and this is not just from this book. You can hear this from interviews where what he's told personal friends uh, like Mary, like Peter, um, uh, like Everett, and there's other characters we're going to we're going to talk about that were very were part of, of Mercury's group.
1: I wanna I wanna say real quick though, you know I yeah. mean yeah they didn't care for him day to day, but people whose parents send him to boarding school, they are caring for them, you know, because it's like they're paying the bills, they keep them, yeah. you know, cared for. They've they're a kept which, individual. Which you know? by I the mean, way, that's one thing. They they, they paid his bills. They made sure that he was fed you know stuff like that so right. it's not that his parents didn't care for him at all they just cared for him in a different way
0: but he's but the thing is though he was still missing a very crucial part of childhood where he was far away from his parents for a very long time and you know people mention like you know he was there <clears throat> during the a revolution you know that was going on when the the Sultan was taken down and the whole revolt to eventually what we know now as Tanzania and his parents fled to England when he was young. This was
1: so long ago. Like I read it was like 1947. I
0: was like, damn. Well, yeah, because he was born. Hold on. I think,
1: you know, this is a problem,
0: you know, with books they have like, should have like, like permanent, Like posts, postmarks, like just attached on the page itself. I, cause I find it like fucking ridiculous.
1: Put little notes in your books. That's fun. That's like what actual students do. You know, have you ever seen those little like sticky things you put on your book?
0: Yeah. (laughs) He was, uh, he was born 19, 5th of September, 1946.
1: 46, yeah.
0: 1946.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's older than my father. Which, you know, it's interesting to think that, like, my father thought of him as a person that's older than him, you know?
0: Well, I mean, for example, my mom, and I'm just throwing this out there just for context. My mom is the same age as Madonna. Okay, and Mm -hmm. when my mom was being an adult when she was in her 20s in the 1980s you know, and like the popular music at the time for like my mom was Madonna. Okay. So like, it's kind of like,
1: it's super edgy, you know? Yeah. Like
0: it's just like, it's a thing that happens where people around the same age groups get inspired by each other. You know, I, I, we were talking about this on the other podcast with Sean Ellis Rogers, which came on, um, which is going to be released thursday the 24th which is thanksgiving which you probably could listen to this now which is getting released next tuesday and be like what the fuck like that's from the past but anyway that's not the point um whoa that was a whirlwind um
1: i i was gonna say that if you're talking about influence i also read that uh he was influenced by Jimi hendrix which i found very interesting i like that It's a good fact.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like he also <clears throat> Mercury surrounded himself by artists. Um,
1: but I mean, including... we'll, we'll take ourselves back to like when he was younger. But, mm.
0: Yeah, you know, sorry. He,
1: so he was like leaving, leaving Zanzibar, had school, you know, really nice school in India, yeah. um, and then you know, I mean, you know more than I do.
0: Yeah, so he um he went to England. And um, he was very excited about the whole entire experience. <clears throat> but the biggest problem from him was when he was going to these schools, you have to remember in England, at this time in history, England's idea of diversity was, <clears throat> I quote, people from Manchester and people from London. Th- there was no, I never
1: no thought about that. Yeah, because when I think about Europe, I think of them as like more diverse than us. But like, you know, I mean, that I just I didn't think about the 80s, like the 80s. Yeah. In in London, there wasn't a lot of diversity. So he didn't really feel like, you know, like he belonged, I guess is what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. So he basically like <clears throat> and also another thing is he adopted the name Freddie from a very young age. He got the name Freddie from being in nice. that school. Because the school was an English school. And, you know, Farouk was just a little, again, like I said, like he had this even when he was in the school in India. Um, he just, I, I don't think he was uncomfortable. I understand where he's coming from. He just wouldn't talk about his family and heritage to people. It just wasn't something he brought up in conversation, which I can understand. My father did this, too. My father was the exact same way. It's a thing about when you come from foreign cultures <clears throat> and you come to a completely different, like, you know, first world society, you just, you, know, you talk about it with your family here and there, but you just don't announce it to the world. Um, and Freddie was, you know, just a name that was given to him because it was English, you know, Farouk, Freddie, and It just kind of made, made self. Well, I mean, when he came to England, he kind of adopted himself to all the, all the culture and was able to be inspired by all of it. And, you know, like we're just going to kind of fast forward over, over this piece, because it is important to talk about when he went to school for graphic design and he actually graduated
1: I can see that, like, I can see that you kind of relate with him and that, in a way, you like that those kinds of things remind you of your father. Like, I'm sorry to just, like, you know, like, put that on air. But, like, I can see that these types of things attract you to Freddie Mercury. You like that he was... The odd person out or that he was very different than other people you like that his cultural background like he had to kind of like create a new identity for himself like I've heard you talk about him and like these are the things that I see that you identify with him like about him I don't know does that make sense like
0: it does and it's also like to anyone that's listening The point about these famous people is not to glorify an, an idol. It's to show the work that inspired so many of us. The reason why Michael Jackson is famous is because we loved his music. I mean, oh, my God, the man was amazing. Um, with all of his difficulties as a human being, with all of his problems, which we all know, we saw it you can learn different things by inspiring people, whether they're good or bad, it doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is their craft. What can you, what can we, the point of this whole conversation, which I will be very honest with you, it's going to take an hour and 12 minutes or maybe 15, but what can we learn from this man That was alive for 45 years. I think it was 45, 46 years.
1: Short period. What a question. Like, what what can we learn? Like,
0: yeah, what can we learn from (laughs) And like, that's what we're going to, me and you today, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take our listeners and break down what we found to be the most important parts and important for anyone that is listening. And dive in yeah yeah the
1: things that we could the things that we could relate to yes and and our relationship with Freddie Mercury and I think just in in honor of him you know and it's like maybe we don't know well I of course I don't know all the facts but I want to show some type of like Morning to him i want to honor his memory just by like doing this podcast about like on this date like he passed you know on the 24th and i know that he was a very private person so you know he didn't put a lot out um about it and so i feel kind of strange like you know putting stuff out about it but i i think that i'm a creator and i think that it's appropriate to talk about someone who inspired me, like I said, he was inspired by Jimi Hendrix. I've definitely pulled inspiration from Jimi Hendrix. Oh yeah, um, big time. Reading about musicians this week has like really made me be like, man, you know, like I should try and do some more music with my life. Like I always was a, a singer performer when I was younger. So, I, for me, I am one thing that I always found. Extremely impressive about Freddie Mercury. The first thing, I remember people talking about his vocal range when I was a child.
0: Because of his teeth.
1: The the four octaves, or I don't know what it's really called, but he, I wanted he to find go... out if he worked on it, because I know that you can stretch it, or, or if he was born that way.
0: Okay, you know? so the, the story, really so I had somebody, a, a good friend of mine that was a musician, he explained this to me. Um, And this is just in basic English. Because of his large, because of his extra teeth, his insert, the, the insert piece, his teeth setting was wider. And... If you're being trained, which he probably had, to be be real. He probably had singing lessons, which is fine. Pe- some people have to get that done.
1: Well, maybe he was in like choir growing up. And, yeah, yeah he know, was. And like he,
0: like he was he did choir. Like we mentioned, um, we had a conversation. It must earlier. have been
1: like, holy shit! <laughs> I, I would just think that the <laughs> school choir would be like, whoa. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: go on. <laughs> <laughs> but like the point was is that he. He already like had a passion for the arts at a young age, uh, like we mentioned, and we kind of skimped over because we were very high, and we still are, uh, Hi. high all <laughs> the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but the point was that you know he had even family which he was he had in India which took care of him. Um, I believe it was his aunt, and she gave you know got him a piano, and he started learning lessons. He eventually. believe at the age of 12 he created a a little group where they like covered songs or a cover band and they called themselves i think was the hectics and he was just like just the example of a creator he just wanted to be he just wanted to make something he's like i was put on this earth to be fucking talented darling that, that's that that's the best Freddie Mercury I can
1: do. <laughs> I like it. I'm sure it's not the last one tonight. No,
0: <laughs> no. He always said, "Darling." Well, I said, "It's funny, actually." I do that too, and I had a conversation about this where I call people, "Honey," "Darling," "Sweetie," like it's not like I'm gay, but like I don't say it. Because, you know, I'm I don't know. It's just the way I talk.
1: I feel like it would take a lot of balls to be calling people (laughs) darling with, you know, like a voice that might be a little bit more feminine back in that time. And I I can see that that he graduated college in 1969. I mean, he probably had to play straight for a long time. And you know to be able to say like, darling, I mean, I don't know if he played straight or not. I didn't read anything he was, about that. But so like, the he, cool thing, ab-
0: yeah. the cool, the cool thing about like Freddie, he had different stages. Like towards the end of his life, he became very more masculine. But like at the very beginning, actually, like, even in college, he was very feminine. Like he wore like the orange corduroys. Cool. You know, like the chiffon, you know, like the, the scarf and the flowy tops. Yeah. (laughs) He always. Yeah. (laughs) So he, it's kind of weird because if you like look at pictures and you hear his story, he was very, always openly very feminine. And, you know, it's like, as if like people were like, okay, he was just a, a feminine guy, but he's definitely straight.
1: there's definitely this like rough tough like masculinity about him like i mean he is a man you know (laughs) do you feel me on that like okay
0: best example (laughs) we we can both agree i do not know the episode on sex in the city uh but there is a one where charlotte dates a guy that is feminine and i love this episode because it is kind of like it's you know, kind of taken up context, but the point is, is like his characters played very well. Like you can see that this guy can be feminine and also be straight. I don't know. Like, my high yeah. brain is telling me that is no. the episode. If you want to understand this, just watch that episode from Sex in the City. I don't know which episode though.
1: I've been wanting to watch more Sex in the City recently. Like I feel like it's been like calling to me. like I think it's because I was like, you know, going through these like single girl vibes, you know. And so like, I just oh, it's so like soothing to watch them. Yeah, but I'll have to figure out what episode that is. Was it Samantha that dated the guy? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think I it's in the late. I think it's in one of the later seasons. But um, going back <laughs> to this episode, um, <clears throat> again, Stone Mines, American Groove. We're gonna be in a lot of fucking places. Um,
1: American Groove. Yeah.
0: Uh, but so, 1969. Um, Freddie's in college, and you know, <clears throat> he kind of scaved off about you know he didn't really finish school prior. The only thing he actually finished was his graphic design and he actually used his talent like the, you know, to design, um, the logo of queen and,
1: uh, oh, he did the artwork. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he I did. It. Yeah. It's like you, <laughs>
0: I make, yeah, I make all little logos. Um, <laughs> you made our
1: lost in the Groove logo and yes, it's it got did. little pot leaves on it. Well, the American it Groove is. logo. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you you made the American Groove logo, but you also made the Lost in the Groove logo. But you you made a logo specifically for our new little segment here, and it's very beautiful. And thank you, David.
0: <laughs> yes, and it's supposed to be an American flag, and the stars are removed for Little Weed. Stars. Little
1: little flowers.
0: Yeah, little wheat flowers. Um okay.
1: They stand for the thirteen <laughs> colonies of fun. <laughs> I don't know.
0: All right. Um Freddie? Freddie Mercury. Um okay, so I wanted to share.
1: I love Freddie.
0: I do too. All right. So this is a um this was a quote from Freddie Mercury himself, which was the idea of Queen was conceived by me. while was studying at college. Brian, who was also at college, liked the idea, and we joined forces. The very earliest traces of the band go back to a group called Smile. I used to follow Smile a lot, and we became friends. I used to go to their shows, and they used to come to see mine. So, it's 1970.
1: just like rocking out yeah just being yourself until being yourself leads to something that changes the world
0: (laughs) i mean just like think about this it's where freddie mercury is in england he's in london and it's like you know it's like the end of the 60s like it's 19 like it's the end like it's 1970 it's like a new era and So, funny enough, actually, um, he was in, he actually was introduced to um, Brian and Roger. And Roger and Freddie became actually close friends. They actually, uh, (laughs) this is hilarious. um, When they were, you know, kind of the early days, Roger Taylor, which is actually the drummer of Queen, um, he and Freddie Mercury used to work out of Kensington Market, and they were haberdashers. When I mean haberdashers, I mean really? tally rags. You know, like I- I'm joking. I- they were basically people that sold trash.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, so they're just like swindlers.
0: Yeah, pretty much. They would buy like um these coats that were eaten by moths. And like paid, like twenty pounds for a whole like box and sell them for like eight a piece.
1: Okay, okay, they had to survive, I guess. Yeah, they had to
0: survive, and like that's that's how like they were getting themselves by. Um, oh. this is like such a random thing about Mercury, like you know, like Freddie Mercury. But like the the thing about like you have to realize the band, which is an there, which is an important part of the story because Freddie Mercury was a part of the band for so long um, for about 20 years I think, no Yeah, 20.
1: it's like his full-time job Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> um, But they, they consisted of really smart people This was the thing about Queen that made them different than other bands were They consisted of four very intelligent people Just to give you a great example Brian May he had an old fireplace. They broke down the wood, okay? Him and his father built a bass guitar. Well, not just, you know, a bass, but I'm going to say bass guitar because whatever. Um, but yeah, and they, they built it out of wood. I was like, whoa, that's the guy. That's like the bass, you know, he plays bass. And they or- made it. Yeah.
1: They handmade a bass guitar.
0: Yeah, Brian May was like a fucking genius. This man was like, God bless us all. I mean, he's still alive. Mm. But I don't
1: I don't give him I don't give the the remaining people enough like attention or credit of myself. Like I don't know, I really, really liked Queen and I, I still like their music. I just wasn't the hugest fan of the movie that came out. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it was bad or anything. I just, like, for me, I wasn't crazy about it, you know? I was, I didn't hate it. I just... I wasn't, like, that. you know? And there were parts of it that I was, like, wah. But <laughs> anyways, like, I feel like I just... They are amazing remaining members, and I feel like, you know, I just want to throw it out to them, too, you know, while we do this Freddie Mercury episode, right? yeah, Because, like, Queen
0: <laughs> is... <clears throat> Like we said before, Freddie's life was very private. I mean, the information that we know comes from very few close members because he didn't like media or any of it. So anyone that was that knew his story were close. The problem is, some of these people, I think they're just dirty ass motherfuckers. So I like to take the shit the way that it is. Um, but important thing to keep in mind when we're talking about this, like this early period we're in short, I'm going to make this quick because this, really, this is a long and boring story. Um, Freddie used to drive Brian and Roger crazy. He used to tell them what they were doing wrong with Smile and what they could fix and what they could be doing better. And they loved the guy, but he was irritating. And Freddie then went to another band called Ibex. And he got a part of it, and they were doing really well. And he just he dropped out. Um, and still, like waiting and just driving Roger, fucking Brian, like poor motherfuckers, just driving them crazy.
1: Well, and what's this thing that I heard about? How like you know the other? what was the other member? They they just got along just fine because they he was no threat to him, and they they had no conflict. They just you know, but he he basically so they met, had a problem <clears throat> with two members, but the other one he was fine.
0: So they met John Deacon on a whim. On a whim. Um, which he was the second, he was second guitar, um, like first or second, first or second guitar. And he was, see, John Deacon was one of the members of Queen, and you can even see this. He was very conservative in the way of where he wanted to live a life of having a family and kids. He was quiet. You know, he was, you know, he, he was the kind of person that Freddie Mercury just fell in love with immediately because he was just... He was just that kind of guy that, you know, he didn't have to say anything for people to understand him. Um,
1: he sounds confident. Is <clears> it what I get, you know? Yeah. I don't
0: know. In a way. And I mean, like Roger, uh, Roger Taylor, which <clears throat> he doesn't get a lot of credit in my personal opinion. He he does deserve a lot. Just like Brian. Him and Freddie were kind of like, you know, kind of like delinquents. You know, they had a lot of fun together. They worked together in Kensington Market. Like, they were there for each other during the, you know, the deep shit. And Brian and Freddie's relationship was, they were both really clever and creative minds, you know, as musicians. And they were able to create really beautiful music with their collaboration. Um, I'm getting very hyped up by this. But, like, the whole thing is, is we're... The story of freddie is the story of queen that's that's the truth you can't talk about yeah. freddie without talking about queen
1: yeah
0: it goes hand in hand
1: yeah that's why we got to talk about both <laughs> mm-hmm. and we are you know
0: we're trying <laughs> we're trying with our stone brains we're trying
1: oh my god i'm just i really enjoying this joint over here i mean i can i can tell I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like I've already said a lot.
0: (laughs) Okay, so they're um, they're, you know, now officially, you know, the band, and I'm skipping over this again because we primarily are focusing on Freddie. The Queen is important. We do want to mention them. We are throughout the podcast, but in brief subtext, um, and as things are progressing and they're picking things up, uh, we know that, uh, they came to an agreement with, by the name of queen, funny enough, they needed a little bit convincing, uh, big problem. Queen was a derogatory slang word for the LGBTQ or the queer, sorry, queer community. Um, at the time. And it was just you have to understand, Freddie at the time, you know, at the beginning he was shitty. He was very, very shitty. And then he got better. And he figured out ways of. So this is a funny story. And I, oh my god, my brain is uh he he had one night where the microphone snapped. Okay. That was the night that just like Michael Jackson and his moonwalk like that was that was the Michael Jackson moment for Freddie Mercury and him holding the mic just became the thing like he just he would you know like hold it around like it as if it was a penis you know or he would kind of like play with it like as if it was a guitar like he would just do shit with it um and then over time as things progressed he met Mary Mary Austin.
1: Yeah, you were telling me about Mary.
0: Let's talk about Mary, shall we? Let me see if I bookmarks mm. are so fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, we're well, gonna start. I mean, Mary
1: and him were married, right? Yes. Yeah. So he had a wife, some people are like, didn't, didn't even know that he had a wife, you know?
0: Yeah. Wait. So Freddie Mercury said, all my lovers ask me why they couldn't replace Mary, but it's simply impossible to me. She was my common law wife. To me, it was a marriage. We believe in each other and that's enough for me. I couldn't fall in love with a man, the same way as I did with Mary.
1: Oh, that's really cool. Hmm.
0: Did you um, did you read anything up about Mary or no?
1: Well, I mean, like, do you think that that do you think that that's like a like the modern day? It would be described as like a polygamous marriage or platonic or a partnership or how probably a partnership a while ago yeah maybe yeah
0: yeah probably um yeah probably for for partnership i mean i kind of i kind of get it you know a lot of a lot of gay men at the time unfortunately were restricted and as a gay man, and I don't know about anybody else. I feel more comfortable around women sometimes. And one thing we will learn, we learned and know about Freddie's history, he loved women. And I'm not going to lie. There are gay men, and I have spoken, <laughs> we have created a union. We like women, but not sexually. You know, there, there's there's a way of there's a way of underlying the difference. And I think this was the important thing about Mary was she understood Freddie because she kind of went through not similar shit, but like her parents were both deaf. Okay. This is letting you like, I don't know if you read about this. Her parents are both deaf. So she can only talk with them in sign language. Um,
1: That's so interesting.
0: Yeah. And Freddie, never brought anybody home to his parents or anything like that he was <laughs> like i i, I it, it was just like a perfect match it kind of made sense that they worked together and it's crazy that you, you know like she eventually she's he's he the, this is the story and that that that's what it said he said to her, I think I'm bisexual. And she responded, no, Freddie, you're you're not. You're gay. Oh, my God. I think I quoted it exactly word for word.
1: Damn. <laughs> she, Shit. Well, what I had said is, like, if they maintained a friendship, she is extremely understanding. You know, like, she... Like genuinely loves him. She must have. I mean, I don't know. You know, but i I don't know their di- their dynamic. But I'm saying, if she wasn't just like so hurt that she's mad at him, she must have been extremely understanding. She must have genuinely really cared about him, um, and that you know, I mean, they had a very special, a very special well, relationship. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. Um, you know, I I feel like they just needed each other is what it sounds like to me and that they had built a bond and that he had a loyalty to her is what I get, you know, there too. And that he did love her and that he loved her and that it didn't have to be sexual is what I hear there.
0: I mean, like... being I mean, this is like you know, new shit that we're doing. I mean, the two of us, <clears throat> I mean, we've been thre- friends for three years and it's kind of weird. I mean, like, I feel like we have a bond and we also have to remember that in these days, in those, sorry, not in those days, the kind of idea of having, you know, a relationship yet at all with a man with a man it was bad enough. You know, try to think a conversation of a man that's gay and a woman that might have a husband or something, you know, having a relationship.
1: Well. Unheard her back have... then. Yeah. Did she, Did I mean, she must have Did she have other people that she was dealing with? She did.
0: She did. Um, I mean, eventually, to put it short, uh, she had a string of of bad relationships and Freddie would always get her out of it. Um, the same way she would always get Freddie out when he was down. Um
1: I love that. Just like being there for each other. Yeah. Like you and me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like when I'm like, I'm down under the press. And then a fucking burger arrives at my home. I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait a second. Where did this uh, Oreo shake from Cheesecake Factory come from?"
0: Oh my god, I love those. <laughs> I love like, those. Happy
1: birthday! Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So I mean, like, uh, another thing. Another thing which was important because we were talking about music earlier. Um, Killer Queen. You know, Killer Queen. <laughs>
1: um no i thought you were gonna say the killer of queen no 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 no, no. "Ah." the song
0: the song killer queen
1: no i don't know everything like you do i like i love queen but i don't know like every album by the way can you show me your albums
0: oh okay so we're gonna show the (laughs) album that killer queen is on okay and i have it on vinyl
1: and David has this crazy record collection that's just, like like so beautiful.
0: Yeah, well, we'll show it one of these days.
1: It's so pretty. Well, we get to see one of them right now. Um, I've been with David while he's bought records before, and it's pretty cool. Like, we'll go into, like, a tiny little vintage store and just, like, find, you know, just, like, something that we had no idea was there. And it's, like, super special. Um, He bought, like, a Marvin Gaye album when we were in Santa Barbara. And that was really fun. Um, He has, like, a ton of Beatles albums. I'm trying to think of other ones that I super love that he has. Uh, He's got some Jimi Hendrix. And he has, I mean, he has everything. Like, he has some (gasps) Led Zeppelin, even. Okay, go on. Okay,
0: So. uh... I didn't freeze
1: up. I didn't do a Garth. Like, remember last episode? I, like, I was just, like, uh, David's gone. (laughs) I, like, kind of kept it going.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Killer Queen. Killer Queen is on this album.
1: It's really pretty. It's a beautiful album. Like, it's got all four of them on it. They were always very persistent about, like, you know, equal... Um, equal value on the records. They want all their faces so, on there.
0: There's actually a story behind this. Um,
1: Are you gonna take it out? Show it to me. Oh. Okay. Let me see. Its, let me see its insides. Kind of weird, right? Ooh, it's so shiny and pretty. Yeah. I know. I want you to like put it on and like.
0: I uh, unfortunately I can't due to (laughs) copyright infringement reasons. But But honey, like, if
1: we were just hanging out, like, I'd be like, play it. (laughs) Like, it's so good to hear it because, like, what is it? Like, on on vinyl, like, the sound quality, like, there's more actual, like, depth to the actual sound vibration. Ah. So it, like, it's actually sending a, a more realistic recording of his real voice to your mind. Like, I would love to hear it. I mean, it's yeah. more,
0: it's, it, first of all, it's more minimal than that. I mean, my personal thing that I love about, uh, records is the fragmentation. I, I
1: explaining it, but God, sorry.
0: <clears throat> is a fragmentation, the cracks, um, the little, you know, breaks. I don't know. There's something about the imperfections that just make the music more, but the thing about killer queen and the thing about sheer heart attack, which is their third album um, the first album was queen. Uh, Queen two, and then was sheer heart attack. I I, I know their albums, um, little Ooh. bit of little bit of a fan. Uh, just, um, <laughs> um. Anyway, so what happened was at the time <clears throat> they were kind of getting a little bit more amped up. This was already their third album. They had a production designer that came in and Freddie Mercury was being very cocky. Like he usually was. And he's like, Oh darling, you know, just design me something, just something extravagant. And the producer like took him at his word. And he basically just had them just sit on a floor, like freaking mannequins on this dark floor and just like put all this like fake blood and goop and stuff. And that's the cover of sheer heart attack. It's a great album. Excellent album, um. But the point I was trying to make,
1: yes. Why would they call it that? Sheer heart attack. Is that one of the songs there? I'm a terrible fan. Um,
0: I actually don't know. Like, I'm not like that deep of a fan. Like, I know, I know, like some of the inspiration for some of the art, but not all of it. I'm kind of bad with that.
1: Well, I mean, it's just kind of sheer heart attack like what does it even mean i mean i'm a stoner so like you you want to take a hit and like ponder it with me for a second like okay. cuz you know i mean like a a heart attack that's like like small or like all right hold, near. On. hold like, on hold on, hold on. trying to like break that down like sheer heart attack like almost like um small nearly happening i don't know what sheer heart attack means somebody out there is gonna be like that stupid girl it means this i
0: point is i'll say this from my own perspective (laughs) queen had three eras okay there was 1973 to 1977 No, uh, to 1978, 1979 to 1990. There you go. Why I say this? There's three years. When when Queen first started, Freddie Mercury was developing his art. They were all developing themselves as a band, and they were they were getting there. I mean, at even Brian May said that smile at its core if you listen to smile like before it was already queen because they were already designing like it was the the building blocks and then the second period is where they just flourished into i mean okay here
1: Dude, they are just amazing song creators.
0: They are. Oh, my like God.
1: I, you, I, you, I read that part about where you did the breakdown of, like, who created which songs, and I was just so impressed. They're all so equally talented. You know, I mean, Freddie's got that voice, though.
0: So. Yeah. it's <sighs> Crazy. Um, Okay, this is a quote from... Um, from Uh, from Freddie Mercury himself. Bohemian Rhapsody was one of the first videos to get the kind of attention that videos get now. Okay, If you're curious, we can't play this video, unfortunately, for copyright reasons. Fuck the FCC. Fuck the FCC. Fuck the FCC. Fuck the FCC. Um, That video has... We've all seen it. Everybody's seen it. It's basically where you only see their faces... And Freddie's hands. And it's just all black. And it's Bohemian Rhapsody. We, I, I, Come on. Like, I think we've all I've watched think,
1: it. Yeah. 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 Where it's just like it's black background, but their yeah, faces yeah. are like lit up. Yes. Yeah. I remember seeing it like when I was a child, like everybody was just like mesmerized by it. Was it was amazing. I remember, like, I remember people's attitude was like, oh, queen, they're <laughs> always doing stuff like that. You know, like. Just being the coolest. Like that was kind of people were like, oh, yeah, they're cool.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let me finish this uh, quote. (laughs) 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 And it only cost about £5,000. We decided we should put Rhapsody on film and let people see it. We didn't know how it was going to be looked upon or how they were going to receive it. To us, it was just another form of theater. But it went crazy. We recognized that a video could get to a lot of people in a lot of countries without you actually being there. And you could release and record a video simultaneously. It came very fast and it helped record sales greatly. Like you gotta understand this. This was the 1970s. And there were other look, Queen didn't invent um, recording their, you know, videos, like their music videos. their bands before. But Queen was one of the first bands that decided to take it to a next step where, like, they have a background, a scene, uh, a story. And over time, that developed.
1: Yeah. Well, they're very smart. They're, yes, they like, were. They put a lot of intelligence and planning into things. Like, yes. they were creating... Entertainment for people. I know that it was very important to them that they felt that people were fully entertained in all ways. Like one of the things I thought that was really cool about Bohemian Rhapsody is that they wanted to hit all these different like emotions for the person that's listening to it. Like they wanted you to feel all these different things throughout the like the entirety of the song and i mean that's that an example of that planning and well it's the um just you know putting a lot of thought into things for the viewer for the listener
0: i mean it's the same thing when you think of this uh, of the part of bohemian rhapsody which is crazy because it's like one of the only parts i do remember which is you're like mama ooh, um didn't mean to make My you cry goodness. mama Life has just—you see, like it—it it just th- begun. begun, and now, now it's gone throw and thrown it all away. away. You killed me, <laughs> Mama. Ooh, didn't I don't remember Ugh, and then fuck. See Stone Brain on. Um, If life goes on, you've never been been born at at all. all. Carry on, carry on, cause nothing really matters. Are we allowed to do that? I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Fuck the FCC. Say one more time. (laughs)
1: Uh, Fuck the FCC. Fuck the motherfucking FCC. videos taken down. You know just for like playing a song you know it's it just <laughs> like so sad because it's like man like i worked on that like
0: i mean we said fuck to the fcc a lot of times we might uh, actually I just, be I,
1: I hate big brother you know i mean that's something that i'm gonna just talk about like you know everything's just so heavily monitored and i don't even know all the terminology to complain about what i'm upset about but i think people know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. like i'm just sick sick of the thumb you know on me but uh, that's my own problem and uh, loving music is a great way to get away from that yes it is
0: (laughs) yeah which we're we're doing right now everybody let's
1: relax escaping
0: and chill (laughs) and breathe
1: that is is what i said i wanted lost in the groove to be like it's like an escape for the listener like it's where you can kind of like smoke and like Hang out with some friends and like talk about things that you like instead of like, you know, the crap like that. My car got hit by a a stolen car. So we're know? not.
0: So we're not. <laughs> we're not background noise. Uh, we're not elevator music. Um, no. We are poetry, pissed yeah. by the gods, for your delight.
1: I, I don't think anybody could play us in the background. Like I think they'd be like, wait, what?
0: yeah they did (laughs) piss by the gods what um so getting back on track um the thing about the thing which is important to talk about is freddie mercury roger taylor brian may and john deacon that's queen okay um they were starting to get more popular over the years and unfortunately, this fucking book went through 15, 50 pages of them going up. I'm telling you, i it's like the longest way of explaining a band in like four years. They made it into 50 pages. I was like,
1: you mean it's too much or too little? It's too
0: much. Like
1: 50 really? is not that bad. They could have wrote a whole book about it.
0: Like, I get it, but, like, the point is, like, it's a memoir of Freddie Mercury. And I on the point where anyway, the point I'm trying to get is because we're trying to talk about Freddie and, whoa, we've gone to a lot of different places. Um, they got to a point where Freddie had money and he liked the lavish lifestyle. Okay, when I say lavish lifestyle, honey, he went Motown. Okay. He (laughs) was downtown late at night, just partying, you know, in the gay clubs, the nightlife
1: distance from a couple of pubs, or at least there was one pub specifically that he he could walk to. And, you know, I mean, that he he was out all the time. But, you know, it was very social with the with the specific circle of friends. It sounded really cool.
0: Um, What I wanted to mention was, this is hilarious. One thing Queen became famous with in the late 70s. They had interesting parties. Okay. I'm going to read you something right now, which you might want to put your hands over your children's ears right now.
1: That kind of party.
0: Yeah. (laughs) By October, they were touring again in the U.S., on Halloween night in New Orleans, Queen hosted what could only be described as an orgy with which to <laughs> herald the release of their next album, Jazz. <laughs> the 400 strong guests. Well, I'm gonna try to do this.
1: Excuse me? How many people? <laughs> okay. Let's I thought tr- you said he was like a private person. Wait,
0: wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 400 Strong Guests featured press representatives from all over America, South America, Britain and Japan, a hotel ballroom that was converted into a steamy overgrown swamp teeming with dwarfs and drag queens, fire eaters and female mud wrestlers, strippers and snakes, steel bands, voodoo dancers, Zulu dancers, hookers, groupies and grotesques some performing unimaginable and possibly illegal acts on themselves and on each other in full view of revelers one model arrived on sal. so there was a model that arrived on a salver platter and she was lying down on raw liver Okay, we're gonna continue. This is okay. this is
1: Satan himself was there. <laughs> <Just> like- <laughs>
0: Others withered in cages, suspended from their from the ceiling. The madness made headlines around the world and further confirmed Queen's status as the most debauched party givers <laughs> in rock. <laughs> what do you have to say to them, apples?
1: I mean, they just invited all the people. Like you know.
0: This is the best part about spending twenty eight fucking dollars on this.
1: I'm this happy. Sounds like a good book. That's a crazy ass story. Yeah, know, and I, crazy parties.
0: But just okay. Try to understand this. Freddie's behind this. Okay, they're making these crazy parties. They're living like it's nobody's business <laughs> but theirs and they were on a road to just success I mean they they became like one of the most famous rock and roll bands
1: ever Mm -hmm. ever yeah 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 so good that it had to end yeah yeah
0: I think it's also important to when you talk about Freddie and his sexuality, you know, with Mary Austin and with Tim Hutton later on, and you, you know, we could have discussed. And I, I don't know if we should, you know, about like the person that that gave him AIDS. And it's important we know, but he's gone and it doesn't really matter anymore, you know? Yeah,
1: it's so, it's sad. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it happened. People wonder about it, but it's, it's just like not, it's not the point, you know, I, I just, I just want to say, you know, that I, I, I respect him, you know, and I respect his privacy and, you know, like, I'm just talking about this out of, like, you know, showing respect, basically.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing thing you'll learn, especially about Freddie Mercury, was he either trusted you in five minutes or he didn't trust you at all. He was, like we said, very private. You know, he didn't really talk about his personal life to anyone, because he had every right to. He liked to live a private life. And you know something, it's crazy to think. He's probably one of the very last, very few, the last celebrities that were able to actually have privacy because they didn't have computers and all this technology today. Freddie Mercury's life would have been hell if he was alive today, he would have had no privacy.
1: I know I like privacy a lot. Like I told you that I don't TikTok. You were like, you don't TikTok. I was like, no, I don't. I don't like social media. To be honest, you know I have so to use
0: it. I mean, this is the only way we can I
1: appreciate it.
0: You know, because we gotta, we we gotta be able to have other people that we inspire us, and it's. I don't want to take his entire story and shove it into like, you know, just 30 minutes. That's not what we're trying to do over here. What we're trying to do is we're trying to take little glimpse and pieces of his life and be inspired by each part. You know, I, I picked each of these little pieces because I thought that they have a significant meaning. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you You're going to smoke a
1: little bit? Oh, mean, There's only... There's, like, so much that we want to say that it's almost like, well, like, we're never going to get to say it all. It's
0: not necessarily the case. I, um... <laughs> I do think... The last few years of his life. You know, he was diagnosed with HIV, um, I believe it was in 84 or 85. And he didn't really tell anyone until, you know, 1986, you know, quite a few years later. And he actually didn't even tell his sister until several months before his own sister um, and kind of important was, and this was said by Peter, uh, which was his uh, kind of like his concierge. Like he was the one that like took care of everything for him. Um, and he actually, uh, Peter Freestone. Sorry. He actually, I believe he actually wrote um, his own book, Um, And he actually speaks about, I I actually wanted to get that book, but I didn't actually, it's a long story, Um, but in short, I never found it and whatever. Um, But that was what Freddie wanted, said Peter Freestone. Those of us closest to him were even lying to members of our own families What it did for Freddie, he never wanted a fuss or to shock his parents. Other than that, he didn't see that his illness was anybody's business but his own.
1: Yeah, it made it really shocking for the public when he did die because people had just found out that he even had AIDS. I mean, I was just saying, you know, like a few people that were close to him knew but the press didn't know, you know, like the general public didn't know. And so it was, it was very, very shocking for people.
0: I mean, the thing is, is that like, they all had assumptions, you know, for example, um, where there was raised questions, especially, especially when you reach, you know, if you, if you really like look at pictures of the last year of his life, he looked horrible. He looked like he was dying. Um it's
1: really hard to hear.
0: You can see it. I mean, he his last his last, you know, like uh, public display, I believe, was was way earlier in the year, um, in ninety-one. And this is also important and and it is something that needs to be discussed, is where a lot of people died from AIDS. Okay. And a direct quote that I heard from a gay member that was alive at the time. Yeah, it was normal. We woke up in the morning every day on Sunday. We didn't go to church. We went to our funerals. That's what they did on Sundays. They went to funerals for their dead loved ones. That was life for many people in this country because of the ignorance of our government and the ignorance of so many people. And it doesn't matter on who gave Freddie a, um, HIV, you know, the AIDS or sorry, HIV, sorry, and Mm -hmm. gave it to him. And and it doesn't matter. The point is Freddie's not the only person that died from AIDS. There's a lot of other members yeah. credible artists, creators that all died from AIDS.
1: Yeah. I know that Elton John attended uh, Freddie Mercury's funeral, and it was a very, very small funeral. They said like 35 f- to maybe 45 people, just very small, intimate. But I know that Elton John is extremely passionate about AIDS and that he's raised a lot of money for a long time. I know that he was there, so... I mean, that probably hurt a lot. You know, I mean, it's just incredible to watch somebody with that much talent and it hurts really bad to like watch that type of talent, you know, and I don't even want to say it, you know, it hurts to watch that talent die. Like it's, I mean, he's a person, you know, it's just painful.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the same t- Uh you know we're gonna January's around the corner, and we're gonna be also doing um an episode for David Bowie. Um, i I can say this because David Bowie died in my lifetime to wake up in the morning and to read the headlines that he's dead of cancer. He didn't really like also, like Bowie was very private and he only released very much later on. I I remember that feeling like it was yesterday. I can't even imagine what the feeling would have been like for people that are alive. And again, we're not glorifying, just like you said, you know, the pain to see an artist, a creator, someone that has so much strength and power on stage and the way he inspires people just wither away
1: he he was so strong like there was something about somebody so incredible that it made you feel like they were untouchable like it, it made he he looked like you know like a god like immortal type and to lose somebody you know and to be reminded of that mortality to lose them when they're young damn like you know it's almost like people don't want to talk about it because it's just like ugh. <laughs> um yeah it's a it's a knife right into the heart i guess is what i'm trying to say i have smoked all my joints i have no i should have saved one for like the <laughs> slowly you, slowly
0: slowly um first up oh, this is joint Oh no, um, and we can't also forget, you know the 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 contribution that was left behind. You, know, you have to remember, Elton John. Even though I have my very bad opinions of him right now, I'm going to keep them to myself.
1: Oh, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. Uh- <laughs> but
0: anyway, uh, his relationship with. Freddie was incredible. They both inspired each other. And the same thing went for Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was very inspired by Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was very inspired by Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury was inspired by other artists. He loved other creators. And it's crazy to think that how could somebody that's like, you know, but again, remembering that we all, as humans can die of disease. We all as humans can be there for each other in the darkest of times. I think the lesson for me personally that Freddie, Mac- F- Freddie Mercury leaves, not just for the gay community, for the entire queer community, and the message is, is that he didn't need to come out of the closet. There was no closet to begin with for Freddie Mercury. He didn't need the four walls. And I'm not saying this works for everyone. What I'm saying is, if you feel happy as a dude and you like wearing fucking heels, go for it, honey. Be fabulous. You know, if you're the type of girl, you want to fucking work, wear some work boots and a pair of shorts, and, you know, a cool uh, flannel, you know, button-down. Go for it! Fucking A! Be yourself.
1: I agree. I think that it is a reminder that, like, you don't have to label yourself. Like, you don't have to be he or she or they. You don't have to—I mean, you can— you know, if you, that's what you want to choose. But I'm just saying like, we don't have to have one. Like you can just be, you know, Dave. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, but if it makes you, you know, if that's something that you need, then like, I'm all for it. Like, I'm always supporting people. But like, I also kind of really like to shoot out this idea of like, you know, like you're you're an artist. You know, you're not like a gay artist. I mean, if you need to be a gay artist, then like, okay, maybe. But like, you know, I'm just kind of like, you're an artist. Like, I don't know.
0: It's the same thing. We're <laughs> <clears throat> the lesson you see throughout Freddie Mercury's life is people like to label him as, you know, the gay icon. Um, I, 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 I don't see him as a gay icon and i say this not to disgrace the man but i say it as yeah. freddie mercury wasn't defined by his sexuality yes he liked men but he also liked women women and yeah he, he didn't come i mean like
1: he, he clearly yeah yeah
0: he clearly is sh-
1: before he's a gay artist. Like, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. That that yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah.
1: I don't know, I cut you off, bro. <laughs> no, no,
0: no, I'm fine. I'm just I'm just a little cold.
1: You're cold up in here. I'm cold too. Like, what is it? It's you know, almost it's it's going to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like it's starting to get like chilly for us, you know, like it's just
0: it's just crazy how like Thanksgiving is the death of Freddie Mercury.
1: Oh.
0: I know. But Is
1: that what you think about like when Thanksgiving comes around?
0: Like, you know, the show must go on. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um no, I'm not thinking about that. But uh, it's, it's just—I don't know. It's just—it's just a coincidence. I realized, like, literally on the podcast, I was like, "Wait, what? We're girl."
1: I uh, mean, by the time we release it, Thanksgiving will be over. Oh, I know. Anybody- everybody's like going like holiday crazy right yeah, now people want to like shop a whole bunch like i bet people I just spend a bunch of money and they're like oh my god i spent so much money how the hell am i gonna pay rent for december <laughs> like i know that's like everybody's gonna be like what did i just do is kind of maybe how listeners are feeling but we don't have listeners yet but we're still like you know like talking to them like they're here was the plan <sighs>
0: they're here though they're we have a following okay we have some wonderful people right now sitting on their couch drinking their wine listening to the story of freddie mercury from two stone very people no very very stone people um
1: what are you gonna do next episode
0: i have i have no idea uh we, we can talk about this but anyway uh Thank you all for being here for this tribute episode for Freddie Mercury. Um, I hope you like this episode. Please be sure to check us out. Um, Our socials and all of our info is down in the description. So anyway, thank you for being part of American Groove. We stone people are going to pass out. See y'all. Peace. Bye.